Hello friends, it's Jim Nance and it's my great pleasure to welcome you to Beyond the Clubhouse, a podcast hosted by my friend Garrett Johnston. He is a testament to one of the great things about this sport, the friendships that come from playing or even just talking about the game. And you're going to meet some of the characters that Garrett has gotten to know from this past decade plus that he's been covering the sport. You're going to hear from players, caddies, members of the media. You're going to get the storytelling, the golf news, the players' swing tips, and a whole lot of laughs. It's coming your way with this edition of Beyond the Clubhouse. Here's Garrett. All right, what's going on, guys? It is the Open Championship coming to you from the media center here on Saturday morning. And uh, it's a little bit loud in the background. they got some of the old Open videos from 2000 playing. So I understand there's a lot happening here. But listen, it's been a great week so far. And I have on the pod today Alan Grant. He's a senior golf manager for Visit Scotland. And we get into what does this mean, right? The Open Championship mean at St. Andrews. What is it? do for the economy of Scotland what is the I guess the local perspective right when they have all these visitors here like what are they thinking about all the different accents and the different people coming through and just uh, obviously what it means to the overall country so we get into kind of different topics with Alan and also look at the summer that look what they're in they've got so many great championships I think five weeks in a row of really good championships in Scotland for the women's game coming up at Muirfield which is a historic uh, turn there for the AIG Women's Open. You've got uh, senior opens going to Glen Eagles where there was a Ryder Cup there a few years ago and just a lot of events looking ahead. So Alan Grant kind of gets uh, a context for us as we look ahead for Scotland and what this all means. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy this one. We'll get a little sights and sounds of what he's seen so far in the town of St. Andrews, a place he's been to many, many times as you'd imagine. But uh, anyway, we'll get to it here. Alan Grant on Beyond the Clubhouse. All right, joined by my next guest, Alan Grant, Senior Golf Manager at Visit Scotland. Alan, it's 150th Open, it's St. Andrews. I mean, this is one of the best places in the world if you love golf. Here you are in your home country. It's a huge week for Scotland. In the middle, significant five-week run of great Scottish golf uh, major events. How important are these events uh, for Scotland as a whole? Yeah, well, look, thanks for having <laughs> me on. Nice to have you in Scotland. Um, you know what, we're the home of golf and the home of golf should stage the best golf tournament in the world every year. Um, for us, this is part of a long-term strategy in Scotland around an entire major events programme of which golf forms a very important part of that. But you know, we have worked very hard over the last 10, um, 10 12, 15 years to, to grow our national opens, our men's and women's Scottish opens into you know, where they sit now in the, in the, in the sports calendar. Um, but also with the RNA um, around the Open Championship this week in, in terms of ensuring that um, the, the, the local economy in St Andrews, the regional economy in Fife and the national economy in Scotland benefit from the 280,000 spectators who are here this week and who have been here for a week already and will probably stay on for another week or so to enjoy you know, the sights, sounds and delights of Scotland. So you know, hugely important and it's you know, from a from a Visit Scotland perspective as a as a destination marketing organisation. These, these five weeks are, are the advertising window on our country that will hopefully inspire all your listeners that might be sitting at home just now wishing that they were here in Scotland to, to plan that trip and, and come and visit us in the future. Well, you mentioned sights and sounds around here. I wonder, in, in I know you haven't been here the entire week, but in the time you've been here, you know St. Andrews so well. You've been many times over the years. What sights and sounds have kind of stood out during this 150th Open so far? You know, the biggest 
are non-Scottish accents. So, like <laughs> like everybody for the last two years, we've all been kind of kept in our own countries. We've all moved around our own countries, and you know, COVID's really restricted that travel. So, actually, to be walking around town and hear American accents, German accents, Spanish accents, French accents, or language. Is, is amazing and it kind of feels like we're back to where we were a couple of years ago and the world's traveling again and engaging again. Um, there's also some really bad bagpipe players who are clearly <laughs> just starting to learn bagpipes who are out busking. I don't know, I don't know if busking translates to, to does, American language yeah, yet. It does. So you know, 12, 15 year old kids who are, who are out with the bagpipes, I think for probably the first time, trying to collect a few pennies. Um, but it's, you know, bagpipes are quite, um, a refined taste at the best of times. Never mind, never mind a kid just starting out playing them. So you know, but you know, but that's the whole experience at St Andrews. You know, there's there's nothing quite like it as a major event venue when the town sits on top of the golf course and people's hotel rooms are within a two minute walk of the course. So the restaurants and the bars are you know so close to the action that, that the whole the whole town just you know, envelops the tournament and becomes you know, becomes the open for a week, which is you know, which is amazing. Yeah, and this is the open. This is that one special week. But you know, for for American golf fans at home or, or people from different parts of the of the world, Canada have never been to the old course or to St Andrews. And what would be Alan Grant's guide to St Andrews in in, in just a first time trip? As a first time trip, I think people have to. You know, it's it. it I think there's a there's a. There's a challenge to get an old course tea time. You know, it's it's probably the most iconic golf course in the world, but it's not an impossible challenge. And I think people think sometimes that to try and play the old course is an impossible challenge, and it's you know it, it just can't happen. However, you know there are, are many different ways to do that. Whether that's through a you know, authorised tour operator, through the Links Trust, through the ballot system, or I haven't done it yet. Um, you know, sleeping overnight in 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 under a, <laughs> under under cover of some wood. Um, in Scotland to kind of you know snap up one of those early tee times where there's maybe a three ball going out and they like to put everything out in four balls to kind of maximise capacity. So, you know, I think my tip is to, to have a look at those options and if you maybe if you're um, if you're of good health and you know um, well fed and well watered, then maybe sleeping overnight is, is an experience that you want to do on a park bench and, and get that tee time. Um, but you know, if you want to kind of guarantee that experience, you know, again, the authorised tour operators are the best way to do it. You know, you know that you're travelling across with a tea time. You can look forward to that. And it, you know, that excitement. I, I think for me, it's about it's about experiencing the old course. And again, not not even necessarily playing it. You know, I think you can experience the Swilkin Bridge. You can experience that that one in eighteen fairway. Um, and something really unique and iconic is the fact that the old course closes every Sunday. So the, the, there is no play on the old course on a Sunday in Scotland, which for you know, many you know, many major golf venues around the world, I'm sure their their commercial team are taking a sharp intake of breath that there's a, a day where they're not playing tee times. But you know, for for St Andrews, the town, that's a you know that's a commitment that, that, that the Links Trust made to the town of St Andrews that on a Sunday the old course becomes a public park. You can sit and have a picnic. You can walk your dog. You can play games on it frisbee or whatever it is and, and again i think that's a really special experience with the history of the golf course to just come and have fun on it you know mm. well it's funny I, even wills alatoris who had never played in an open at st andrews mentioned this week that he was shocked like on a sunday practice round that here at the open that there were people walking their dogs close by the yeah, locals yeah. like he they're just part of that experience it's yeah. just you know i guess for some of these americans it, they're just not used to it right no 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 you know, you know, and again you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm generalising significantly here, but you know, golf in America is, is somewhat behind large gates. You're know, fairly inaccessible in terms of you know, your your um, you know, your big kind of you know, your big iconic golf courses are, are private member clubs generally. You know, golf in Scotland is 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 so far from that experience. It's a game of the people. It always has been a game of the people. And you know, if you want to come and play a golf course in Scotland for fifteen pounds, you can do that and you can walk on and have a great experience at somewhere like Anstruther. Um, which is you know, on the other on the other coast from St Andrews, or you can come and play on the the old course or Kings Barns or Dunbarney or Carnoustie or some of these other golf courses that are more, but but these are accessible golf courses to every man, woman, boy, girl in Scotland, um, any day of the week, um, and I think that's that's very special, and I think again coming back to coming back to Will's point, I think that's where you get that unique experience of golf in Scotland. It is a game of the people, and yeah. I, I don't know. How, I don't know what you shout to a dog walking across a fairway if your ball's heading towards it. Because I'm not sure four four resonates with with a with a dog running across the fairway. But um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's very unique, very special. And I think you know, us Scots need to make sure that we're not complacent, and you know, we remember that you know, there's people all around the world that that wish to travel here and experience this. And for many of us, it's a you know, it's a one-hour drive away. Yeah. Well, we've touched a little bit on the sights and sounds so far this week and what you've observed, but how important is it to having the 150th Open here at the old course this yeah. time? You know, uh, you know, again, this is this is where golf was born. This, you know, the, the iconic nature. You listen to all the players this week and you, know, you look at the history of the game, the icons of the game that have played here, and these players want to follow in those players' footsteps. You know, um, for us, I think, you know, again, coming out the back of the pandemic, we couldn't have had anything better than 290,000 spectators here this week. You know, tens of thousands of fans coming from overseas that are filling our restaurants, filling our hotels, filling our bars, using the visitor attractions, using the taxis. You know, all these businesses have really struggled in the last couple of years with just no inbound tourism travel. So all of a sudden, you know, got a lift home with a taxi driver last night who started at seven o'clock in the morning and was going to keep going until his phone stopped ringing, which was, you know, this was two o'clock in the morning. I was getting home. I got a little <laughs> lost in town somewhere. I wasn't, wasn't out doing anything untoward. Oh, come on. Now. Yeah, yes. yeah. A couple of drinks maybe. Um, <laughs> But you know, but, but everybody's so excited to have the tournament here in the town this week because it's bringing life back, it's bringing investment back into their businesses, um, and engaging people again. So you know, I, there there couldn't be a better place in Scotland for this particular event in this particular year. Um, and and uh, you know, you know, we have some world class you know, venues that host this tournament. But you know, for this particular event in this particular moment, that you know, we couldn't have anything better. Mm. Well, you just mentioned like local, you know, business here in, in St. Andrews and, and seeing the, the fruits of the labor there. But how important is golf tourism as a whole uh, to Scotland's economy and business? Yeah. It's a huge part of our economy. You know, golf tourism in general um, you know, is about a £300 million um, benefit to the country of, of people coming in and spending money. You know, you're around about 200, 220,000 golfing visitors every year. Um, and that, that obviously impacts on the golf courses. Clearly, it helps golf courses in terms of green fees. But golfers do much more than play golf. They use the taxi companies. They stay in the hotels. They eat in the restaurants. They drink in the bars. They buy, you know, they buy clothing in the shops. You know, particularly American visitors. For us, they're, you know, they're our biggest, most important market because you come for a long time and you spend well when you're here. Um, you know, a Scottish golfing visitor will, will, will you know, maybe spend five pounds on a Mars bar and a can of Coke, but that's all they'll be doing. Whereas you know, our American friends coming to visit will, will buy into that experience and you know, they'll, 
we'll have a few beers in the jigger and um, you know buy buy some of the bits and pieces that we've got here to take home to people. So you know as as a sport and as a specific industry in terms of golf, it's important. But golf has such an important role to play in our wider tourism economy, but also our wider national economy in terms of supporting the growth of our you know of our you know, of our country and in terms of how we continue to develop and grow as a as a country and, and promote ourselves to the world. Right, and you're talking there about Scotland, you know, from your perspective right there as people come your way, but from our perspective as Americans coming over, um, what, what would be a good roadmap for us if we've never been to Scotland? We, we know we want to go, maybe we want to yeah. go this fall, we're planning a trip with some buddies, we would like to plan a trip with some buddies, but, but there's so many road, roadblocks that would get in the way. What would be a good roadmap for you yeah. uh, planning? So, you know, you know again, as, as we continue to recover from COVID, unfortunately, we're, still, we're not back to pre-pandemic levels of direct flights. So, you know, that's the first roadblock is, you know, you, you don't want to jump on two, three flights to get somewhere. You want to get on one plane, maybe two planes, but you want to arrive directly into the country. You know, you don't want to have to you don't have to leave home and then arrive in Amsterdam or in London or Dublin Brussels, and change planes yeah. in Brussels and then arrive into Edinburgh or Glasgow. So, so that's the first challenge at the moment is finding that direct flight. There are there are some um, operating, and as we kind of continue to kind of rebuild, there will be more and more direct flights come back in. That's you know, connectivity is a very important thing to Scotland, and particularly from the eastern seaboard, from the Chicago area, uh, and from you know sort of western, um, you know, the, your western seaboard in terms of California and, and Los Angeles and things. You know, there are. When we do our research, that's that's predominantly where our visiting golfers come from from America. So we're doing lots of work with the with the airlines, um, to to reopen those routes and make that journey a direct journey, so that you know, when you board a plane in Chicago, you know nine hours later you're landing in Edinburgh, and within maybe two hours of that you can be on a on a tee somewhere in Scotland playing golf. So I think that's the first one. I think the second one is probably the complexity of booking golf in Scotland. Um, we're, as I've said, we're a very old industry here in Scotland. That you know, we were, you know, golf has started to be played here hundreds of years ago, and when it was first started, it wasn't meant to be a tourism product. So, to book independently becomes difficult because you're having to deal with multiple golf courses, multiple um, starters, multiple booking systems, and trying to trying to fix all of that is probably a, you know a full time job in itself to, to piece all of that together. There are some you know, excellent travel operators out there, uh, tour travel operators out there, some based in America who know the product very well, but equally some of our Scottish-based operators um, are able to link into the American audience. And I would fully encourage you know, your listeners and, and those listening in to, um, to look at that option, take, take the help that's out there. These people know the product well. You know, if, you have a, if you have a clear idea of where you want to go, they can help you with that. Equally, they can tell you that it might not be possible to play Dunbar one day and Royal Dornoch the next day. Um, you know, it's a, it's a three, four hour difference between that. When you look at it on the map, it doesn't look so long, <laughs> um, but they can certainly help with that, that itinerary in doing that. Um, and weather probably is the other block for people in some ways. Mm. Um, I, I would say, not, not an official Visit Scotland spokesman, weather isn't as bad as, as people perceive it to be. Um, you know, certainly if you arrive here in summer, you get the warmth, you get the sunshine. It's maybe a little bit more volatile um, in terms of some rain and wind coming in. Um, but it's also our busiest time of year. You know, July, August is you know that is our peak season, and you know, again that, that availability of tee times will be will be stretched on the on the bigger golf courses because of that because of that peak nature. I, I, I would always encourage people to look at the fall. You know, mm. September and September and October in Scotland, you still have the daylight here through till about eight eight thirty at night, and it is probably the the, the most 
iconic time, best time to come and play golf in Scotland with the weather because it's a little more settled, but you get some beautiful sunsets, um, some really nice, you know, kind of light. You know, that you know, we're sort of heading into that darker summer, uh, darker winter. Sorry, so the light just changes a little bit, and all of a sudden, these kind of magical golf courses get a little, a little sprinkling of, of light across them. Yes. So again, you know, for me, you know, that that block of availability in summer becomes you know, look at the fall, look at the um, look at the spring. You know, that that March or, or April May period, again, availability in the old course will be much better in those times as well for those looking for a first time visit because we're not in that peak season where. Everybody's kind of running into the country in July and, and trying to play lots of golf. Mm. Well, you just mentioned the old course. Everyone would know the courses in the in the open road, right? That's what we hear all the time. But uh, what would be your encouragement to Americans to get out of the open road yeah, yeah. If, if you come yeah, out here? Yeah. Your your experience on courses outside of the open road will be just as good as those golf courses on the open road. That you know that would be my advice. We have we have such a depth of quality golf course in Scotland that it doesn't matter whether you drive into the smallest village there will be a nine hole golf course that will be as good as an 18 hole golf course in a bigger city area you know we we look after our golf courses we tend to them really nicely but nature looks after them for us you know the rain that we were talking about a minute ago it does two things for us it keeps our golf courses looking good and it also makes lots of whiskey so you know you don't <laughs> want to wish for don't want to wish for too much too much sunshine here because the whiskey will run out and uh, and the golf courses will get a little bit dry like they are this week which um, you know makes golf a little bit harder for for our visitors but you know we you know, we have we have nine hole golf courses we have 18 hole golf courses we have 550 golf courses in this country around about um around about half of those are within 45 minutes of an airport so you know that, that availability I, I you know, i would really encourage you to to kind of come off the beaten path and, and go and discover you know one of the great golf courses that you might never have heard of you might not be able to pronounce um but you know you will have a wonderful experience and these are these these will be much more community environments to move into and you'll deal a lot more with locals and maybe hear less less um less visitor accents than you would hear at the bigger golf courses and really immerse yourself in in the culture of scotland and the people of scotland mm. well you also mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago that july and august very very busy because of the the weather and whatnot the long sun uh sun time but we think about the events here, right? Yeah. The, the, the Scottish summer, so many major events. Um, which ones, obviously, now that we're done with the Open, should we really look forward to here these next four weeks? So, yeah, you know, it, it's a phenomenal summer. You know, we've, we we obviously host big events in Scotland, but we've never hosted five majors in back-to-back weeks. Now, the, the, the Men's Scottish Open last week, the, the first co-sanctioned PGA Tour event, not quite a major, but in terms of player field, in terms of the, 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 the presence that that event had was significant. Um, obviously here at the Open this week and we know all about that. Next week we move to um, the Senior Open Championship up at Glen Eagles on the Kings course. First time the Senior Open's been there. I'm sure many of your listeners have, have watched Ryder Cups and Solheim Cups unfold on those on, on the, at Glen Eagles before, which was held on the PGA Centenary course. Um, so this time the Senior Open is on the Kings course, which is you are really a James Braid layout. You are a very linksy inland golf course and I think you'll, you'll really enjoy watching that. For me, I'm, I'm particularly excited about the last two weeks. Um, we have the Trust Golf Women's Scottish Open, a co-sanctioned event with the LPGA um, at Dundonald Links in Ayrshire, so the only event on the west coast of Scotland, just north of Turnberry. Um, 
phenomenal field. Eight of the top ten in the world playing. Uh, I think 42 major champions. You know, real equivalent to the men's men's Scottish Open just last week. Um, and then you know, we, we think that's it. We think that's enough, and we right. think they're big events. And then the AIG Women's British Open moves to Muirfield for the first time. You know, the first ever women's major that will have been held at Muirfield, and I, you know, I've got to say, I live 20 minutes away from Muirfield. Um, haven't played it too often, but you know that will be iconic. You know, to see to see the you know Minji Lees and Anna Nordquists and um, you know Jennifer Cupchos you know, take on that iconic golf course of which many of the men's game talk about being the best conditioned layout on the open rotor will be phenomenal. Um, the golf club themselves have been fantastic and you have chatting with some some of their members yesterday and uh, over a third of the membership have volunteered to work at the event over oh, half the membership have bought tickets to attend the event i think um it will be a real marker for women's sport globally um both in terms of the status of the event prize funds venues that we're playing at now mirroring the men's open championship you know that you know, these female professionals deserve no less no less an experience and no less an opportunity than their male counterparts counterparts in in these major championships so you know and as i said right as i said right at the start it's a shop window for us in scotland you know people all around the world are watching scotland on their tv screens for this five weeks um, mostly so far in blue skies and lots of sunshine. <laughs> Sorry. There'll, there'll be some wind and rain coming soon, I'm sure. But um, you know, what an advert for us and what an opportunity to welcome the world's golfers here to experience golf in Scotland. It is quite a week uh, for Golf in Scotland and uh, obviously a summer coming up. Alan Grant, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Cheers. All right, my thanks to Alan Grant, Senior Golf Manager at Visit Scotland. Jumping on the pod here this morning, and yeah, some interesting sights and sounds. I love what he's saying about the bagpipes. Uh, the folks are playing bagpipes here in the uh, on the main t- draw, the main town, main street, and uh, obviously not being up to the level that he would expect as a native Scot. So it's just funny hearing those little intricacies and what people are expecting uh, from their country as they have a huge tournament, huge championship this week. So anyway, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk soon here on Beyond the Clubhouse.